And now, Lifestyles Unlimited presents the Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Over the next hour, we unfold your map to financial freedom. You'll learn how to retire through investing in single-family and multifamily real estate. You'll learn how to create cash flow and build wealth so you can have the time and money to live the lifestyle you want. Welcome to the show. My name is Al Gordon, and as always, I'm working on your financial freedom. And on today's show, we're going to go way out west. We're going to go into the desert southwest. We're going to hang out in a little place you might have heard of. It's called Phoenix. It's in a state called Arizona. And I will tell you what, it is a great place for you as a real estate investor to make a lot of money. You heard me correctly. It's a great place for you as a real estate investor to make a lot of money. Now, there's there's different places you can invest in the Phoenix market. I mean, there, there are these sub-markets within Phoenix. Uh, the, the biggest market of all, I think, is Maricopa County. I think that's where the majority of Phoenix properties are. But I don't really care, per se, where the majority of Phoenix properties are. I also don't necessarily care that there, there are multiple counties that kind of comprise the, the, the greater Phoenix area. I'm not too interested in that. What I'm interested in is whether or not housing prices are going up or they're going down in Phoenix. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of interested in that. So why, why would I be interested in whether or not Phoenix housing prices are going up or they're going down? It's because I want to know what the trend is. I want to know what the trend is in Phoenix. And here's why. Back in 2021, Phoenix prices for the single family assets started going up. They, they were like on fire. It's like somebody poured gasoline on them, struck a match, threw the match. It went poof. And we had this, this massive blazing fire in Phoenix. And that market fire resonated for an entire year. As a matter of fact, a guy by the name of John Wick, he's a independent real estate uh, analyst. That's, that's how he describes himself. He's a former real estate agent, and now he's a real estate analyst. Um, he indicated this, this salient fact, and, and I fact-checked him, and I think he's right. He said that the single-family medium prices of Houses sold for single family assets, not not duplexes, triplexes, fourplexes. We're, we're talking primarily just single family units where one family lives in the building. OK, so just a singular unit, a single family home prices rose from February of 2021 to February 2022, $100,000, $100,000. I mean, that that is incredible market price increase that is incredible it is that i mean what other markets go up a hundred thousand dollars in a year okay there there are some markets out there that do that but those are the markets that you intend them to do that you these are the markets you expect it to happen at you don't usually throw the word phoenix out when you're talking about markets like i don't know Bay Area of California or Southern California or parts of Seattle or New York City. You know what I'm talking about? You know, where, where prices are already so ridiculously high that if they went up another $100,000, it's not that big of a deal. But housing prices in Phoenix going up $100,000 is, is significant. It's very significant. Now, when you consider the median home price in Phoenix dropped 
6.1% from a year ago. Now, this is this is according to information I got from the Phoenix uh, Board of Realtors. The Phoenix median home price dropped 6.1% from a year ago from a, a high of $450,000 down to $422,500. A $100,000 price change in that 450 or say $422,500 market range, that is a significant increase. Now, here's the thing. John goes on to point out something very interesting. That same market from February of 2022 to February of 23, it fell $40,000. And that's what we're getting from the Phoenix Board of Realtors. We're getting indications that John's information is absolutely correct. Now, they, they both measure it differently, but they're showing a decrease in pricing in the Phoenix market. So what does that mean as a real estate investor? It means that if you were invested in the Phoenix market prior to, say, February of 2021, you were invested in, a, in a, what I would consider a, a reasonably stable market. Now, prices were going up. You had a lot of people moving into the Phoenix market from other parts of the country. So you have a constraint on available housing. When you have a constraint on available housing, that does push housing prices up. We were starting to see that in the Phoenix market. As a matter of fact, I used to get a lot of information from my Lifestyles Unlimited agents that, that work in the Phoenix market, um, I would get probably one to two houses to review every week to see if those houses would work for my investing criteria. And ironically, back in the day, the houses that I bought were not in the Phoenix market. The f houses that I bought were actually in the Texas market because the Texas market was indicating to me that it was going to give me better returns on investment than the Phoenix market would. However, had I invested in the Phoenix market, I could have rode that, that increase in pricing that Phoenix experienced during a pandemic of all times. During a pandemic, they experienced all this price inflation. So they're seeing the pricing go up. We're seeing $100,000 across the board in price increases. But since that time, we're seeing the prices starting to fall. Why do you think that happens? I think the biggest thing that caused that market to fluctuate so much was the population increases coming into Phoenix. The fact that more people were moving there than people were moving away put more of a strain on the housing market. As a matter of fact, the Phoenix Board of Realtors indicated that Phoenix home sales are down 46.4% compared to last November, while the housing supply has jumped almost 200%. So one of the challenges that Phoenix had was Phoenix had a lack of available housing. They're one of those markets in the country where there weren't a lot of available houses for people to buy, whether you're an investor, whether you're buying it for your own personal consumption, doesn't matter. There's only so much housing stock in the Phoenix market. And because you had so many people moving to the Phoenix market, you had outflows from California, outflows from the West Coast, outflows from the East Coast. A lot of those people went to other states. A lot of them went to Arizona. And those that went to Arizona, most of them wound up in the great city of Phoenix, Arizona. And as a result of that, you had demand increase significantly. 
people that were moving to Phoenix, well, they wanted housing. They wanted a place to live. Whether they bought a place to live, whether they rented a place to live, they needed a place to live. They didn't want to live in their cars. They didn't want to live in their vans. They didn't want to live in a motel room. They wanted to live in real estate. And because they wanted to live in real estate and because a lot of them were coming from areas where the price of real estate was much higher. So in other words, the comparable pricing of similar real estate in Phoenix was much less expensive than what similar real estate cost in the areas that they came from. As a result of that, a lot of those people were, were sensitive to the lower prices. They, there was a lot of price sensitivity. And as a result of that, they were willing to pay over market for property because they found that if they were to try and offer what somebody wanted for property, they weren't getting the attention of the seller. So we were seeing pricing going up. Remember, Phoenix went through a very hardcore seller's market. We're starting to see some of the, the balance come back into the market. Yeah, the, some of the balance is coming back, and that's what I'm saying. When when Phoenix home sales are down 46.4% compared to last November, and the housing supply has jumped by almost 200%, that tells me that the market is changing. There there are less people going to Phoenix there, that are willing to overpay for properties. So we're starting to see some stability come back into the marketplace. Here's another thing I want to share with you. So according to Redfin, the Phoenix housing market is now becoming somewhat competitive. They're, they're becoming somewhat competitive. The average homes sell for about 3% below the list price and go under contract in 64 days. That's, that's two months on market. Now, hot listings can sell at list price or above list price and go pending in just 30 days. What does that mean? Well, it means that the market is slowing down. No longer are owners of property in Phoenix taking their property to the marketplace, putting it on the marketplace, and then within a 24-hour period of time, they, they receive, say, 20 different offers on their property, and then they've got to sort through all those offers to find the best possible offer so that they can sell their property to that person making the best possible offer. We're not seeing that now. When it takes 64 days on average for a property to go into escrow, and when the prices are coming in a little bit below what sellers are asking, that tells me the market is cooling down. Now, the question on your mind is, well, Al, should, should I be buying Phoenix real estate? Should, is this indicating to me that I should be jumping into the Phoenix market? And I will tell you that I have one very, very, and I will call it a very important indicator of whether or not the Phoenix market is ready for you and I to go into to buy single family assets. And you want to know what it is? My realtor. I should say my realtors. My realtors. Yeah, my realtors. What, what's that got to do with anything, right? So that's what you're thinking. You're thinking, what, is, what does your realtors have to do with that one principal thing that you need to know in order for you to go into that real estate market? And yeah, it is my realtors. It's my realtors. The fact that my realtors have not been sending me any properties to review in the Phoenix market. Yeah, I know. You're, and you're thinking, wait a minute, Al, hold on, slow down. 
Stop. Stop, Al. You've, you've completely lost your mind on this one. You have completely lost it. No, actually, I haven't lost it. And here's why. My agents, they know what my buying criteria is. They, they know what I'm looking for. They know how the property must be orchestrated, so to speak, how, what, what the property must give me in order for me to buy it so that I can renovate it and put it back into service is clean, functional workforce housing so that I can market that to a demographic that's desperately looking for it, which allows me to attract the best people to my properties. It's the fact that my agents haven't been sending me any properties. So I'm not going to be buying in the Phoenix market in spite of all the, the indications that the market's cooling down in spite of the indications that property values are probably no longer overpriced. I'm not going to be buying in the Phoenix market in the near term because my realtors have not sent me any properties. What that tells me is that there are no properties available in the Phoenix market that fit the modality of how I invest and the modality of how I invest was taught to me by Lifestyles Unlimited. It used to work in the Phoenix markets. As a matter of fact, it worked really well prior to 2021. But after Phoenix went through that $100,000 medium price surge, everything came off the rails. And I don't mean to make jokes about what's going on with the transportation industry and the fact that we've had some some terrible train wrecks. And I hope that everybody gets, gets past that stuff. I hope everybody's going to be okay. The point I want to make is that I don't think the Phoenix market is ready for me to drop my hard-earned capital into. I think there are some more things that, that need to occur. There are some, some price constraints that need to be overcome. There is a imbalance between what the price is for the particular asset versus what that asset can do for me in the form of rents. Notice that I've not talked about what rents have done in the Phoenix market. I've only talked about the values of property and it's fine to own property prior to 2021 in the Phoenix market and to, to go through that radical price increase and what you should have done is you should have sold the property at the top of the market now if you didn't there's still time you can still harvest all of those economic gains when we come back from the break we're going to talk about rents stick around Got questions? Call Lifestyles Unlimited at 855-497-4335. The Real Estate Investor Radio Show continues next. Right now, we're coming upon a great opportunity. It's that time in which you're going to find that the marketplace is changing. And it is shifting to a buyer's market away from a seller's market. Number one, the brokers don't want you to know that. They're going to do everything they can do to keep you from believing the truth. Number two, the sellers don't want to believe it, although in the back of their minds, they know it. Now, that doesn't mean everybody will crater for you, but some people are going to be in those situations where they have to negotiate for deals, and you've got to be there. Now, if you're not there, you won't get one. Join us for the free online workshop and we'll show you how to be in the right place at the right time in any market cycle. Register at LifestylesUnlimitedWorkshop.com. LifestylesUnlimitedWorkshop.com. That's LifestylesUnlimitedWorkshop.com. 
creating the lifestyle you've always wanted. You're hearing Lifestyles Unlimited's Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Welcome back to the second half of the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. My name is Al Gordon, and as always, I'm working on your financial freedom. And we're doing so today because we're we're talking about the Phoenix market. The Phoenix market used to be what I would consider a very good investment market for Lifestyles Unlimited members. Reason being, you could you could go to Phoenix, you could buy an asset, you could put that asset under contract, you could renovate that asset, you could breathe new life into that asset. And then you put it on the market, you find some great people to rent that asset, and you had the lifestyle. You had the lifestyle. Or if you didn't have the lifestyle, you were working on retirement. Either one is fine. But in 2021, something very interesting happened to the Phoenix market. Prices started going through the roof. Yeah, prices for the physical asset themselves started going through the roof. As a matter of fact, in the earlier part of the show, I indicated that uh, one of my sources stated that he saw the pricing for units in the Phoenix market increase $100,000 on average from February 21 through February of 2022. Now, since then, he's, he has seen that that same asset class come down in value $40,000. So it retained $60,000 of the value. Does that make sense? All right. So even if we take into consideration that the, the prices went up and they came down, they're still up about $60,000, $60, right? That's, that's significant. And then when you look at what the average value for a home is in the Phoenix market, it's about 400 and what did I say? $422,500. Okay. Let's go with $400,000 because it's going to make the math easier for me as I, as I give you this indication. If you had, if you have a $400,000 house as of today, chances are it went up to as much as $450,000, but it's come down to about $400,000. Let's say you, you had that property when it was worth $350,000. So you bought it. It's worth $350,000. It goes up to $450,000, and now it slides back to $400,000. That is still a very significant increase in the value of the property, is it not? It's a very significant increase. Even if we're only looking at $50,000, it's a almost a 17% increase from the previous year, a 17% increase from the previous year. So why, why does that matter? Well, what we need to do is we need to take a look at what rents we're doing, because when we own rental real estate, we're not only concerned with will the value of the property go up. I mean, that that is something that is in the back of our mind. It's not the specific reason why we buy the asset, but it is one of the one of the ways we make money in real estate is through natural appreciation. So when I look at, at the natural numbers of natural appreciation, I see that that Phoenix went up significantly. It was about a 16 percent increase year over year. That's that's a significant increase. But here's the problem. Let's take a look at what rents did year over year. Rents in the Phoenix market for a one-bedroom apartment, the median rent is $1,400, 
And that rent went up 8% year over year. You heard me correctly about 8% year over year. So in other words, the previous year, the rent probably was closer to like $1,300. This year, it's around $1,400. Okay, you tracking with me? That's an 8% increase. All right, let's talk about two bedrooms. Two bedroom apartments in the Phoenix market, the median rent is $1,675, and they only went up 3% year over year. That's only about a $50 increase in the cost of the rents. Let's take a look at three bedrooms. Three bedrooms, the median rent is $2,185. They only went up 1%. That, that only equates to about $15 in the increase year over year, only a $15 increase. Okay, I'm going to tell you why you shouldn't have bought any real estate in 2021, even though the prices were going up. It's because the rents weren't going up. The rents weren't going up commensurate with what the values of the properties were doing. Because you had so many people coming in from distant locations that are willing to compete up the price of the properties, it threw the prices out of whack with what the rental values could command. So you have an imbalance between the rent ratio to, or I should say the ratio of rents to the value. Let me share this with you. 56% of all the, all the homes in the Phoenix market are owner-occupied households. 44% are renter-occupied, meaning 44% of the market is owned by investors like you and me. 56% of the market is owned by everybody else. When you have 56% of the market that are willing to overpay for property because they're desperate to have that property, you get the imbalance that we're dealing with. Now, I will tell you that even with the values of the properties coming down, they came down on average about $40,000. There's still $60,000 of increase that has not come down. Now, rents are trying to come up. They are trying to come up, but they're not coming up as quickly as would be necessary in order to break this imbalance between the, the, the rents and what the properties produce for rents and cash flows versus what the values are on the property. Does that make sense? I probably just confused like 99% of you, and I apologize for that. The point is, I think Phoenix is positioning itself to become a viable rental market in the future. I don't think it's there now. I absolutely know it's not there now because if it were there now, the agents that I have relationships with in the Phoenix market, they would be sending me opportunities based on my investment criteria, the investment criteria that they know that I have, they would be sending me properties right now because everything would work. I'd be able to, to buy into a property. I would get my cash flows. I would get my equity capture, which by the way, you, you won't get right now in the Phoenix market. You just, just forget about it because everything's selling at retail pricing. Just about everything is selling at retail pricing. Uh, I'd get my natural appreciation. I get my principal pay down. I'm going to get principal pay down no matter what. I buy because I'm always going to leverage it. I understand the power of leverage and why I'm supposed to leverage. So I'm always going to get that. Of course, I'm going to get my tax advantages. Um, I failed to give credit to uh, my stat supplier in the last segment. Uh, I went to a site called Zumper and Zumper gave me the, the data that I was looking for on Phoenix, Arizona rental prices, the, uh, the 
system was updated effective March 6th. So the, the information that I've been giving you is, is almost real time information. I realize it's a couple of days since the six has been here. Phoenix went through a, a, a very, very interesting time. I mean, we were, we were still in the middle of a pandemic. There were people moving about the country, even though we were in a pandemic. Phoenix has been growing all of these years, year over year over year. If you look at the growth rate of Phoenix, Phoenix has been growing since the 70s. It's been growing for a long, long time. It's actually been growing prior to the 70s. It's been growing most of its existence. I don't necessarily know that there was a time period in Phoenix's um, timeline, if you will, where, where they had negative growth. Now, they may have had some periods of negative growth, but I would think that they were insignificant compared to what is going on now. So why am I rambling on about the growth of Phoenix? It's a prime reason why I chose to invest there, but it's also a prime reason why I chose to invest in multifamily assets and not in single family assets, because I saw what was happening with single family prices. All of a sudden, I'm, I'm tracking properties that are available for me to buy. And one of the things that I noticed was over a period of time, it started requiring more and more money, cash out of pocket for me to buy an asset that would produce say $400 a month in cash flow. And then as that cash out of pocket was was increasing month over month, I started to see the cash or excuse me, the cash flow component, I started to see it decrease. So instead of it paying out say $400 a month, it started indicating it would pay out $350 a month. And then over time, the cash flow requirement went down as the cash out of pocket to buy the asset went up. We finally got to a point in the Phoenix market, and this was in, I want to say it was late 2020, maybe in early 2021. Don't, don't hold me to the timeline. Please don't hold me to the timeline. The point I want to make is that there was a, a point where the equilibrium broke. You heard me correctly. The equilibrium broke. In other words, it, it cost even more money cash out of pocket to buy the asset, which is an indication that prices were going up very fast. And in comparison, I was watching the cash flow actually go down. And when the cash flow drops below $200 for an asset, I lose interest in the asset. I don't care if the asset has the potential to triple or quadruple my money. If it's not paying at least $200 a month in cash flow, I walk away. And there's, there's a lot of reasons why I put that minimum threshold at $200. I'm, I'm not going to go into those right now, but that's my minimum threshold. So at a certain point in late 2020, early 2021, my realtor stopped sending me properties to analyze in the single family space because there was nothing to invest in. All of a sudden, Phoenix had become a mini California. You heard me correctly. And it, and it, it might have to do with so many Californians are actually moving there. Now, hopefully the ones that are moving to Phoenix are moving there because they, they recognize that Phoenix is a great place to live and raise your family. And it's, it's a little bit different than California. And they left the California politics there as they came to Phoenix. But, you know, that's Arizona's problem. That's not my problem, right? Okay, so... Until I see my agents contacting me again and saying, Al, 
We're starting to see cash flows come back in relation to the amount of money out of pocket that it's going to take for you to buy the asset. Until we see that happen, I won't be buying any single family assets in the Phoenix market. It's, it's as simple as that. Phoenix has become the new California for me. Yeah, I'm not saying that it that it's governed that way, although I don't know. I don't know. And again, I'm not going to turn this into a political show. My point is Phoenix is different than what Phoenix was, say, three years ago. And because Phoenix transitioned, I transitioned away from them. I have found other marketplaces that provide me what I'm looking for. And I don't care where you live in the United States. I don't care if you live in Houston, Texas. I don't care if you live in Portland, Oregon. I don't care if you live in Portland, Maine. I don't care where you live. When you become a member of Lifestyles Unlimited, we will teach you how to correctly invest in real estate assets. And we will teach you how to analyze the various markets and invest in those markets that provide the best returns for you. So where am I investing? Where am I looking today? Okay, let's 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 come clean. Let me just tell you where I'm I'm looking today. I am looking in the Houston market. I am looking in the Dallas Fort Worth market. I am looking in the San Antonio market. Austin, yeah, it's gone the way of Phoenix. It really has. So I'm not looking in Austin. I am looking in the Kansas City market. I am looking in the Nashville, Tennessee markets. I am looking in markets in Georgia, Florida, Louisiana, and Alabama. Oh, and Mississippi too. I forgot about Mississippi. It's kind of it's kind of huddled in there. Why am I looking in these particular locations? Because these particular locations are providing me assets that not only can I get into for as little money out of pocket as possible, I'm getting that $400 a month in positive cash flow. And the less money I put into the property, the greater the return on investment that that $400 a month provides for me. Now, you think about it. If, if, if you bought a property for $20,000 out of pocket, now let's, think, let's talk this through, $20,000 out of pocket, and that property was making you $400 a month in cash flow. What you're seeing is $4,800 a year going into your household. That's what $400 a month equates to. It's essentially giving your household almost a $5,000 a year raise. When's the last time your boss did that for you? Eh, he didn't, right? No, he didn't. We all know that to be true. But let's say you put $20,000 into, into the deal. You're getting a 24% return on investment, 24%. And that, that investment of cash flow is protected by the tax benefits of the depreciation that comes off of the assets. Yeah, so the, the tax depreciation covers the income that you make on the cash flow. And as such, your tax liabilities are, are very minimal if they exist at all. So what I'm saying is you can shelter the majority of that money. Now, let's say you, you bought the asset and you only put $10,000 into it and you were making that $4,800 per year in cash flow. What's your return on investment? 48%. Yeah, that's simple math I can do in my brain. 48%. If you put $40,000 down, how much are you getting back? You're getting 
Okay, do you see how the, the math slides? $30,000, you get 18%. Okay, the point I'm making is, even, even though I said that the, the worst return investment at $40,000 is still getting you 12%, it's still better than what you're doing in the stock market, and we haven't even talked about the other ways we make money in real estate. We haven't even gone there yet. So you need to invest in the markets that make sense for you. I don't care where you live in the United States, live where you want Invest where it makes sense. Right now, Phoenix makes sense to Al from a multifamily perspective. It doesn't make sense to Al from a single family perspective. However, I think if we keep our eyes on Phoenix, I think if we see the rents coming up a little bit more, and if we see the prices stabilizing or even coming down a little bit more, I think what's going to happen is I'm going to start getting contacts from my realtors that are in the Phoenix market. And first, it'll be one particular property that shows up. Then it'll be two properties that show up and then three and then four. And then five. And as soon as I start seeing that inflow of properties, I'm going to know that Phoenix is back on my buy list. Hope you learned a lot today. And if you want to get started, go to lifestylesunlimited.com. Get signed up for one of our free workshops. And let's get you going. Thank you for listening to Lifestyles Unlimited's Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Ready for more of the map? Visit lifestylesunlimited.com. Explore our videos and articles. Click on the radio tab to access past show podcasts. View the radio show schedule and listen to our best of radio shows. Want to continue the conversation? Follow Lifestyles Unlimited on Facebook today. We want to meet you as well. Sign up for a free workshop at Lifestyles lifestylesunlimited.com. Until next time, remember, it's not the money, it's the lifestyle. The information and opinions you hear on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show are those of the hosts, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show constitutes an endorsement recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.